Welcome, Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. And here we are. We're midway. We're almost through the season. We're pretty close to the end, to, to the end of the season. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I am joined by the resident guest host, the two-year all-conference, three-year starter at right tackle, Mr. David Porter himself. David, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ben. How you doing? Doing well, man. I'm doing well. Well, <clears throat> we had the pregame. We talked about this game against the Purdue Boilermakers, um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the streak that the Boilermakers had against these Hawkeyes, and that streak was brought to an end uh, because the Hawks won the game of a, with a score of 24 to three um, with all the scoring happening in the second and third quarters, the Hawks putting on 17 points in that second quarter uh, and, and adding an additional touchdown in the third quarter uh, with that run by Caleb Johnson. So David, man, it was a uh, tremendous output, offensive output by Spencer Petrus and this, this Hawkeye offense um, Spencer Petrus, went 13 for 23 with 192 yards, two touchdowns, but most importantly, zero interceptions. Most importantly, zero interceptions. And then the running game, the running game looked more explosive than it had in in this entire season, amassing the most total yardage it has had all season Um, with the the freshman, the true freshman out of Ohio, uh, Caleb Johnson, Amassing 22 carries, going for 200 total yards, 9.1 average, and the one touchdown. Uh, tremendous output by that young man. Uh, Jay Zion Patterson had a couple of carries, four of them to be exact, for four yards. LaShawn Williams had a carry. Uh, Arlen Bruce was in the backfield, but he had a he had a tackle for loss. Um, but Spencer Petrus, uh, Caleb Johnson. Uh, both showed up to the game, did a tremendous job. And Sam Laporta, old Sammy, finally got in the end zone, man. He had a tremendous output as well. Uh, Nico Regani also had a tremendous output, three receptions for 56 yards and one touchdown. Sam Laporta's stats go three receptions, 71 yards and one touchdown. So Luke Lachey also had a catch for 22 yards. Deontay Bynes had two for, for 19. Um, and so the running backs also added to that uh, that total in receptions. But offense, Offense, David. Offense really picked up, man, uh, and had a total of 376 total yards, uh, 192 passing, and a total of 184 with the with the negatives in the sacks and some uh, negative yardage in rushing. But the highest output it's had all season, man. Let's jump right into what we saw. What you see from this offense that was uh, that's been different than what we've seen all season. Well, we got the running game going. I mean, when you look at what we've been able to do, we were talking about Caleb Johnson. He's the first running back we have for over 20 yards since, what, 2015? Since 2015, Akram Wadley. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a long time to go without a 200-yard uh, rusher. And so that that's um, that was really tough, um, like, beginning of the season, not to have that kind of production at the running back game. I mean, uh, once we get to the running game and getting that going, that helps get the offense up and running. We've been talking about this last two seasons, right, last season and this season, too. Uh, you know, it looks like we finally settled in on a running back, Caleb Johnson. We've talked about him pretty much all season. We were actually surprised that he wasn't uh, listed as a starter. I think it was last week when we did the pregame. Um, but he's been by far the best, I mean, what I've seen on film. He looks to be by far the best running 
running back we have in that stable of running backs. I was like, okay, let's stick with this dude. Uh, we burned his red shirt, uh, and for good reason. This guy took that. It was the second play of the second half. I mean, he put the nail in the coffin. That's exactly what he did with that 75-yard uh, run because um, uh, Purdue was still kind of fighting at that point. It was 17-3. You forget about that. It was 17-3, and Purdue in the first quarter was still hitting. Uh, they were sacking. Uh, they were all over Spencer. Thank God. Uh, we got really fortunate that our defense stopped them in the second quarter. The Purdue was driving to get into a for, for a touchdown. Our defense stopped them. Uh, got a sack. Huge loss. They ended up in a field goal. Right? We go into the half. It's 17-3. We come back out. Our offense gets the ball. This is the moment of, like, make or break. And Mr. Johnson, he's, he planted he went. He looked so smooth coming out of that hole, dude. He looked good. The the way he had that middle <laughs> lined up and kind of it wasn't even like a he just kind of fluidly just ran past him. Uh and the, the guy was all off kilter. He looked like he hadn't been in that position before, uh, with a guy like that running down, barreling towards him. And you know, he, he gave me a lot. I, I as I was watching that play, he gave me a lot of Sean Green. But also yes. with, with that number two on, it gave me some of that Fred Russell as well, man. It was like this guy is just right. galloping down that sideline, kind of like a little monster, man. It was, and he looked tremendous, not just that, <laughs> run, but the other runs. But that one specifically, he showed off some speed, and there was nobody in that secondary that was able to even close the distance in on him. Not even close. I saw a DB trailing behind him, trying to catch up as hard as he could, and he just kept pulling away and pulling away. He looked nice and relaxed and just floating. I was like, What? This dude is floating down the field as a running back. Wow. That, that was impressive. The, uh, the O-line got it going. You talk about the offense. Uh, the O-line protected better. Uh, they were stickier on the defensive lineman, the down defensive lineman, driving them up to the linebacker. You know, once you look at the – I start looking at the film, you start looking at the penetration from the defense on the Purdue side. We had quite a bit of it in the first quarter. But come that second quarter, we didn't get a lot of it. The third quarter, we didn't get a lot of it. We still had some uh, hits on, on Spencer, and we had some sacks that we gave up in the second half. But, like, overall, the O-line played a heck of a lot better. And it's a lot easier to do things on offense, especially once you get that O-line clicking. And like Kirk's been talking about all season, we've been talking about the last two seasons, these guys are young. they got to grow up. Um, and a lot of it is just getting out there and understanding that, like, you have more time than you think. You really do. So staying on that down lineman until that that secondary guy that your that's your responsibility gets there as you get to him, it takes patience, and a lot of that just comes with experience, and that's what this offensive line didn't have. I mean, you know how it goes. It's like uh, playing NFL like you did for what thirteen years. Everyone gets there; they're good. They're all good. Right? It becomes a little details that separates the people. And a lot of the details that we were missing were on display early in the season. I think a lot of it's uh, the guys, it's starting to click for them, right? Uh, the confidence, like we said, with the Northwestern game, uh, that's what these kids needed. Go out there and just beat up on somebody. You don't get to do that very often. But they haven't had the chance to do that very often at uh, the beginning of the season. Uh, it's been a dogfight for them, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Our defense has been holding their own. It's just they just run out of gas. But uh, on the offensive side, those offensive linemen need to understand how to impose their will, how to hit somebody properly. And and with intention, right? Because you're not just hitting just to hit them. 
you hit him for a purpose and your purpose is to move him, create a, create a lane or get in the way so that they cannot get to your quarterback. Right. Uh, the offensive line for me was, they were really the standouts. They still have a lot of work to do. And the offense goes, as we all see, uh, the way the old line goes, I mean, it just doesn't matter. No question. No question. Huh? And, and, we know that, right? It starts with the <laughs> trenches, right? It starts with those guys. You know it. The trenches. There's no way that any kind of football is played without those five guys up front and how they go. And we've seen it on display in college football across the board. So to see this group kind of start to gel, you know, we did talk about a little bit last year with the offensive tackles and how they were giving up, uh, opening up the gate a bit and giving up some sacks and kind of putting the, putting Spencer in some bad positions at times. So, it's good to see that overall they're growing and the growth is showing itself on in, on the field, you know, particularly uh, in the run game. And that's going to definitely open up and continue to open up the uh, the play action pass, which it definitely did this past Saturday. So flipping it on the other side, flipping it over to the, uh, the Boilermakers, Aiden O'Connell, who has been highly prolific throughout this season, was held without a touchdown, man, going 20 for 43 with only 168 yards and two interceptions to his credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, their running game was led by Devin McCoby, carried the ball 14, 14 times for 65 yards. They weren't able to score any touchdowns on the ground. Of course, we know Charlie Jones. Uh, we talked about him um, and his capabilities. He had 11 receptions for 104 yards, nine and a half average. Again, no touchdowns by this receiving core. So they were held in check. You know, by this Iowa, this top 10 Iowa defense that we've been talking about all season, who finally got the chance to display themselves and their true abilities and capabilities, holding a very highly prolific um, Purdue Boilermaker offense completely in check. Um, We had uh, two interceptions, like I mentioned, one by um, by our man Seth Benson, who kind of had one of those – tips and overthrows types of situations, whether the receiver, I guess, was uh, going up for it and the ball got tipped and he got his hands up under that thing and got himself an interception. Great job, Seth Benson. And then Kayvon Merriweather has been Mr. Opportunistic all season. Uh, Ball was overthrown again and he was in the right place at the right time and made the play. Uh, He had himself an interception. And then uh, Deontay Craig, young number 45 defensive tackle, defensive end, I should say, had himself a sack along with Lucas Van Ness. The sack Lucas Van Ness had, well, he slung Aiden O'Connell to him. This is how we're just going to beast him like this. So that that, uh, that young man right there is continuing to show his growth and, and doing some tremendous things. And Joe Evans, you know, he's been doing it all season. He's been he's, – he's gotten pressure on opposing quarterbacks and just been a tremendous workhorse for our defense. And, you know, to hold a highly prolific uh, Purdue offense to the amount that they did to only 255 yards, and they, they've averaged well over 500 yards a, a contest, it's a pretty tremendous a, a asset and aspect of, to this, of this defense, of, of Phil Parker's uh, defense and what they were capable of doing. You know, they were – this Purdue offense only went two for 16 on third downs. They went for it on fourth downs five times, completing that for two to, two opportunities. So it, it was uh, it was a highly competitive contest, but they weren't able to score any touchdowns, David. This Hawkeye defense, um, going into 
the remainder of this uh this this Big Ten schedule. They they got uh you got Wisconsin coming up, you got Minnesota coming up, and then of course we know they have the contest against Nebraska. So three more games, one more to get uh bowl eligible, but this defense, what they were capable of doing this past Saturday and this these contests coming up. What are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts on what you saw? The defense did what they've always done. I mean, they've been great. We talked about it uh, pretty much all season. Uh, and I said earlier, I think I said last week, this defense this year is better than last year's defense. That's how good they are. Uh, they are actually quite phenomenal. I think that the um, the offense getting going is allowing them to have more time to, to like, recover. We saw this uh, even with uh, Ohio State, even with that outcome. Those guys are holding their own. They really are. They're they're tremendous out there. That, that was never the issue. That was never the the thing in question. It's just getting them the time that they need to recover and recuperate uh, when after they do go out there and perform and get the other's offense off the field. Right? We need to sustain drives. Uh, the defense uh, with what do we have? Three sacks, seven tackles for loss against Purdue. You know, these guys just really just no. We had three sacks and five tackles for loss. Uh, one QB hurry, which our D-line is getting after these guys. We're up there and pressuring uh, Aiden O'Connell. That's why you saw the overthrows. He was overthrowing all day. He has propensity to do that anyway. But the added pressure from our D-line and the blitzing packages that I saw Phil Parker put out there, uh, he did a, they did a really good job of getting him off of his mark. So Aiden was very uncomfortable all game, which is exactly what you want him to do and what, what you want him to be, especially as a defense. And stopping the run like we always do. We know that's a hallmark of Iowa football. That's going to be a thing that, as long as football's around. You've got to stop the run. Uh, once the run gets established, um, that makes everything a lot more difficult, and they really do control the ground. Uh, if you control the ground, you control the game. Uh, that's an Northwestern coming up, that's going to be a big test. They do have a good run game going. Watch them against uh, Purdue. And uh, they they ran right through Purdue, too. So um, defense, keep doing what they're doing. I'm very happy that our offensive line is actually uh, – they've got – they've come together and they're performing better. Um, you know, it's not like they – Purdue's defense wasn't uh, – well, it's not like they're any kind of slouches themselves. They, they had three sacks and – Seven tackles for loss too, so they they uh, they did put some pressure there, but um, that short field, that explosive run by uh, Caleb, that really helped take the pressure off of our defense and allow those guys just to go out there and play. I mean, they are just uh, God. I really like watching them. Really good. Yes, this definitely was the uh, the Hawkeye team that we're used to seeing with the run and the ability to play pass and getting some strikes down the field to see them open it up and get the ball to Laporta down the field, as well as giving the ball to uh, Nico Regani in open space and allowing him to get the opportunity to, you know, make some things happen in, in, in open space. A lot of good things. The sky's the limit for this team, especially with three games left. This, yeah. Have they turned the corner? You mentioned, you know, what Northwestern was for them last week and, and how that kind of had some carryover to this week. Have they turned the corner as an offense and, do you feel as though um, they're capable of continuing this this current uh, tempo and you know building off of what's already been been going on these last two weeks? 
I don't know. I mean, the hard part is right now, Spencer is a three-year starter and a senior, right? This is his last year. Um, she's starting, he's playing. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at a new quarterback coming in uh, next year. The rest of this year, this should be sustainable. Uh, I don't – I mean, the offense will play. They're going to play against different talent. Uh, Purdue is a different kind of team than, say, Wisconsin or Minnesota, who actually really run – uh, and rely heavily on the run. Nebraska, they're, you know, they have a lot going on over there. So uh, who knows what we're going to see from those guys. But uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin seem to have um, gotten things squared away. But um, that'll be the big test. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of indecisive on that because I'm not sure how the offensive line is going to play uh, moving forward. Uh, we're going to get different talent. But the growth and incremental, uh, uh, we'll call it, um, yeah, in incremental growth of this offense is what we've had uh, over the season. We're week now nine going into week ten now, right? Uh, we're sitting at five and four. I think we're one game out of first place for the West. But um, you know, when the West, you're going back to the Big Ten championship game and. We'll see what happens, but where um, where this team goes, I think the off of the line has a lot to say with them, and with the caliber of the talent and or the teams we're playing against, we have a really good chance of having these guys end the season really on a high note. The off of the line coming together, the receivers. I know Sam is he's a senior as well. Um, I'm very happy to see these guys win. I really do. I remember our senior year. Um, my second one. The first one was a little tough. But the second one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, what? yeah, two seniors. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. I remember I mean, you forget that. about that kind of stuff. That's like, right. You know, no, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Remember but that. I remember like when um when first Kirk first came over and when the seniors were leaving. We had a really good defense and our offense just wasn't very good. And uh, seeing those guys go out there and put their all out there and not be rewarded for all the effort they put out there, uh, that's really tough. And as a team member, teammate, I know the offense uh, early season were apologizing. You know, you, you feel some responsibility for, um, you know, your team and letting down your teammates. You just don't want to do that. And I, it's good to see these guys turn it around. I'd love to see the, uh, the locker room come together. Uh, I'm not saying that it is fractured, but like there's that undercurrent of tension there that typically exists. And I think with this, um, you know, winning helps solve a lot and smooth out a lot of issues, so they say. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All that to say, yes, we can continue to get better. I hope we do. Uh, sky's limit possibilities are endless, all those superlatives. And, uh, you know, We'll see. It's nice to see Spencer, uh, you know, rolling to his right instead of to his left now. That really, thank goodness. But, yeah, I'm happy for all the seniors. You know, I, I wish nothing but the best. I really do. Sitting at five and four. Oh, boy. Seeing this kind of offense, you know, it gives me a lot of hope. Brings up a lot of questions, but gives me a lot of hope for the future. 
Well, just what the season could have been. Well, I mean, could have been. There's still some time left. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't do anything about what has happened at this point. Um, but at this point, they still have a chance to get to a bowl game and have a celebrated season. So if they all not about you know it's not about that. We play, dude. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool going to work, but we play for hardware. Right? You yeah. got a ring on do you got a ring on? Oh, bam. Bam. Oh, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. It's like it's it's a thing. You know what it is. Oh, no question. So no question. yeah. Yeah. For the seniors, it's about winning a, a Big Ten championship and a national championship. We're not playing, and for the guys, the kids out there, we're not playing to just go to a freaking bowl game. Right, right. Okay, so you're speaking on that. You and I had a conversation off air, and you told me that you felt like the Big Ten championship is still on the table. Right, that's what you told. Yeah, me. One point, they run the table. There, there was one. There, one game out of first place, and uh, they still have opportunity to win the West, and anything is possible from there. I, I hear you. But from what I saw, Michigan and Ohio State, even if our offense is clicking all cylinders, I just don't know how we compete. Well, I saw – you and I both talked about this this weekend. I saw Rutgers go up in the halftime against uh, Michigan, um, and and you also mentioned that um, Ohio State was being blanked by Northwestern. So, I mean, these teams aren't – Ironclad, right? They're they're beatable. No, they're not. They're they're definitely beatable. And so but the we Hawkeyes, have, if we the have Hawkeyes come them. together. If the Hawkeyes, no, we didn't beat them. The Hawkeyes come together the way they did this, this year, class. last year. They, they beat us handily both years. This is football. It's very intentional. The question being, can this offense <laughs> sustain what they've done and do just enough to beat one of these teams? Considering, considering. So. At considering the Hawks played Ohio State in the horseshoe, and it was obviously it didn't end the way that they had hoped, but uh, defense was able to score a touchdown. Uh, Spencer had two interceptions, and then Alex came in and had himself an interception as well. So you eliminate those turnovers, you have the kind of rushing performance that you had out of Caleb Johnson. What do you think, man? I think I think that they have uh, on, have on, 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 a neutral, on a neutral field, they have a little bit better of opportunity to uh, put up some points and create. Hold on, there's a 44 point delta. It was 10 to 54. Mm-hmm. 54 to 10. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, we and know so the defense. The, got the tired two turnovers, and... the running, and then yeah, the defense got really tired. That's a really good offensive line they have for both Ohio State. And Michigan. Michigan's offensive line was the best offensive line in the country last year. Ohio State had two scores in every quarter against Michigan against Iowa. Whereas uh let's see here. And that's where we're looking yeah, at. Michigan it's, was a little bit slower. They they had one every quarter. I mean, it was a little bit slower by they were when they first started. They were tracking to make like they're supposed to have. No, they were tracking to have like sixty-four points for the game. They slowed down. You're talking about uh, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. 
Yeah, 16 points in the first quarter. Multiply that by four. They were trending. Again, but when you're continuously on the field, and we got and, – and the 16 they got, those were mostly field goals. That wasn't even – our defense was turning them away. So – we have right. you add in an offense that can sustain drives, then you create it's, it's a whole nother game all the way around. I'm, I'm with you. I'd be interested to see the game replayed at the end of the season if and I should say if and when uh, Iowa's offense is good to go because um, those guys over there they're. They're kind of veterans. They're a, an established team Ohio State has, those guys. And they've been playing this way for a long time. And it's something to be said for um, being on a big stage and performing there for a long time versus just showing up there. It makes it a little more difficult. Uh, things just You're just a little more tight uh, being in that situation versus someone that's used to being there. They're kind of relaxed for the whole thing. Okay. So well, that would be my one thing. Okay. Well, then. I hope that. Well, then that's, that should play in Iowa's favor because they were in the Big Ten Championship game last year and Ohio State wasn't. So that should play in the Hawks' favor. I hope so. Um, but um, they did. Good. We'll see. Um, We won't, you know. Um, you don't think we're going to see? I think we're going to see. Right, the Hawks, you said we the Hawks did lose. They did lose by a score of 42 to 3, but they were on the big stage. And most of the... Most of the team is still intact that was on that stage. So, anyway. Most of the team for Iowa? Most of the Hawkeye team. Well. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Most of the team is still intact. How is that? Okay. Am I wrong? I guess I'm wrong with that. I don't know. Well, maybe I, I did. For some reason, I thought we had so many guys we had to replace. We had a center. We had a running back. We had a left guard. Um... Who else do we have in the place? Charlie Jones. Oh, yeah. Special teams and wide receiver. Yeah. Tyron Tracy's gone. Um, do we have another transfer? We had tight end transfer a couple like early in the season last year. Maybe, maybe last year. But anyways, uh, anyways, we have. Yeah. If this could, if this team could continue to grow, things are opportunities. Yeah. Opportunities to be available. All right. Well, anyways. Um, on to another note, David, you know, we talked about this before, you know, we talked about the fashions and we talked about, you know, uh, how much fashion is kind of drives certain things. Oh, I just want to go ahead and say, I had no oh, wow. coming thoughts about who was going to win the world series. But, uh, <laughs> sure goes to show that sometimes I can predict some things. I know that much. I can predict some good things and, uh, Hats off to the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Um, hats off to those guys for winning the World Series 2022-2023 World Series. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got. And I think with that, man, that's, that's our show today, man. You know, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, tighten down this. Make sure I get down. And, uh, so who's the manager for that team again? I Dusty Baker. Dusty. My dude. All right. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thought you better get uh-huh. 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 Don't ask me a single player. Don't do that. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs>
Appreciate you. Anyways, with that, I want to thank you all for joining us for today's show. It was awesome having you uh, join us in talking about the resurgence of the Hawkeye uh, offense and how this this team will move forward. Um, for David Porter, I am Colin Cole. Uh, thank you for joining us on Hawk Talk. Click subscribe, all that good stuff, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.